your kid yells at you, your kid breaks down emotionally, your kid feels like there's a demonic possession going on, you don't know what is going on. That's why you need to listen. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne. I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today we're going to talk about complex, serious diagnoses like ODD, OCD, PANS PANDAS, and how to really get through the weeds of that so you can get your kids the right help. So let's dive in. Hi, everybody. I am Dr. Roseanne Kapana-Hodge, and we are here. I'm doing this series for parents like you and me when we are struggling in a mental health crisis, not really sure what to do and where to go. And everything that I do in both our center in Ridgefield, Connecticut, and in the Global Institute of Children's Mental Health is about giving parents real solutions to real problems. For kids that are dysregulated, that are struggling with anxiety, OCD, pants, pandas, whatever's going on, there are solutions. And I really want parents to feel hopeful, even when it's an awful moment, an awful day, an awful month, or an awful year. And it's about using science-backed solutions. There are so many, and many people are not aware of them. And so if you're new to us, if you are just learning about things, dig deep, listen, read, get information and grab another mother and help them out and give them a lifeline because we all need support. So your child has a diagnosis or three or four or five, or you don't know what's going on, but they're oppositional. They're difficult to manage. They are pretty much externalizers, most of them, or maybe they are shut down. And when you have a kid where their behaviors are big and extreme and they're sensitive, it's really hard to manage. And that is what we are doing here in this group, in our National Parenting Solutions group. It's about talking about solutions for parents, you know, when their kids are really struggling and you may have tried a lot of things. So let's dive in. Let's talk about what is going on when you're angry, you're anxious, you're super dysregulated kid, you know, when the brain is dysregulated, behavior is dysregulated. That is it. Why does the brain get dysregulated? A lot of reasons. Your kid may have, as I like to call the shopping cart diagnosis. I remember like, gosh, it was pre-kids. You know how when you have kids, you measure everything. Well, was it between this birth or that birth? So it was pre-max in my house. Remember sitting down with a physician and her kid, she said, was a multiplex. And I said, what's a multiplex? She's like, you don't know what a multiplex is? And I was like, no, it sounds like a movie theater or something, you know, where there's a lot of theaters. And she said, oh, he's got multiple diagnoses. They don't know what he is. Well, I can tell you what I know what exactly what he has now because, you know, 20 something years ago, they didn't have it. He's definitely a pants kid. He was having all these behaviors that flared during times of illness and things like that. So many kids have multiple diagnoses and guess what? They might all be wrong. They might all be right. It doesn't matter. Let's get down to what is the root cause of their behavior. 
So when your kid is angry, punching holes in the wall, school refusal, make sure you're you're listening to my episode on school refusal, because that's really important. You know, when that becomes the tipping point for a lot of people, like you're kind of duct taping them together until the school refusal happens. Right before I got on right now, I got a text from one of my moms because their kid's school refusing, right? So it's a crisis. It's big. I'm not saying it's not big, but what's behind it? What's the root cause of that behavior? And so you don't need a clinical diagnosis for the root cause of their behavior. I'm going to tell you, it's pretty darn amazing When I do QEG brain maps, I do brain checks if people can't work with me um, in person. A lot of people fly out, get a cue and leave. And it just answers the questions like, what's going on in their brain? Is this ADD? What's the shopping cart diagnosis? Is it true or is it not? Is there seven diagnoses? And then we can kind of get there. But root cause of their behavior is different. And it all starts with, is what you're seeing typical or atypical behavior? I know that sounds like a really basic question, but I promise you, this is an important question. I recently, you know, I'm working with a really dysregulated kid for a variety of reasons. They called me very concerned, right? And, and you know, we have this like amazing center where we only work with a few people at a time and you get a whole, as I call it, the brain trust. You don't just get Dr. Rowe, you get this team. And that means you have a lot of access and we're there and we can, you know, help you in a crisis. And it's pretty awesome. But, you know, we only can do that for a small amount of people, which is why I'm here really trying to educate people. This child was prone to dysregulated behaviors, right? What does that mean? School refusal, cutting, anxiety, depression, a bunch of just different things all sort of at the same time. Not that unusual in the world and probably for people that are listening or watching. What I said was, I knew the answer. What they were doing was actually typical behavior because there had been a grief issue that had come up. Their behavior was typical depression around a loss. So let's just answer that question right out of the gate. What you're seeing, and you might not know, but you got to be a parent detective. Super important. Be a parent detective. You have this power. We're going to give you the tools, okay? So try to pull yourself out of those emotions take a look at is what is going on and think about what is surrounding this behavior. Is it when you ask them to do something? Is it when their truly annoying sister (laughs) is around them? Is it because they have OCD and they had to use the doorknob to get out of the room and they have truly have germ phobia, right? And what is those triggers? What are those things? We're not going to walk on, you know, eggshells around kids. We're going to get to the bottom so that we can give them the tools, right? Because how do you manage angry, irritated, or out of control behavior? This is tough stuff, kids. (laughs) You know, I'm a pans mom. I'm not just the mom of a delightful dyslexic, remediated dyslexic. Whenever somebody would say to me, oh, I'm so sorry your kid has dyslexia. I'm like, oh my gosh. Not to minimize dyslexia. Because, you know, but my kid's happy and well-adjusted and his issue is seems like nothing. Like, okay, there's a prescription and you can fix dyslexia with the right intervention. When a kid is dysregulated and punching holes in the walls and telling you to F off and, and like just ignites and has a sensitivity. If you just say, look, it's so sunny outside. And they're like, why are you telling me it's sunny outside? You know? I get it from a mother's point of view, but also from the over 10,000 people that I've worked with, you know, and families over the years. 
done over 10,000 brain maps. That means I've done a lot of deep work. I've worked in residential treatment centers. I've worked with you name it. And the complexity, as I always say, is never the problem. It's the attitude towards the problem. But what do you do when your kid's out of control? First of all, you want to put your own oxygen mask on first, of course, number one. But you have to be that parent detective and you have to look at what's going on. When you're unsure of what the clinical diagnosis is, it's probably because there's a lot of behaviors in there. You start trying to look at, you know, I love to do Venn diagrams and see where the overlap is. Like, oh, could he be autistic? Oh, every time she gets a cold, she completely destabilizes. Maybe it's pants. Oh, now we see that she's a strep carrier. Maybe it's pandas. There's so many factors in it, okay? And I know you have a lot of anxiety, but you have to really make sure that you are getting to the bottom of those causes of the behavior. So look for triggers, right? What are igniters? Is it that they don't understand a task? Is it when they're bored? Is it when they're hungry? Is it when you don't got it together, right? (laughs) And we've all been there and it's okay, but you don't want to live there. You don't want to live in that. Recently worked with somebody, felt like I worked was like working with somebody when I worked with somebody who had their kids taken away. So angry at their kid for being a kid who was struggling. I mean, angry. Like where I was like, I can't work with you until you get it together. You're not putting your oxygen mask on and you are actually igniting the problem. And that was a hard conversation. Thankfully, these things do not happen that often. We have moments of that, but you can't live there. I think one of the biggest things that I see when you're talking about these kids with shopping cart diagnosis and all these other things is how can you get caregivers and partners on the same page? So when your kid is so dysregulated that you're not even sure what it is, you need like a tag team member on the wrestling team. I don't care who that is. You need to find a tag team. Maybe it's your bestie. Maybe it's another mother in the same thing that you're meeting in this group. You need people that can help you, that you can be a sounding board, not your therapist, but a sounding board. Like, did he just clean up without asking? How can I replicate that? You know, like also to talk about the positive. But when your partner isn't on the same page as you, I'm going to tell you because I do a lot of work. I'm amazing with dads. I speak man language. They like data and numbers. And they like to see projections. (laughs) And I know how to do that because I love data. It's my love language. And that's why I do use these brain-based tools because they work. (laughs) And they create a lot of success. And we put a lot of measurements so people can see in different forms that success. But the biggest breakdown is they think, men often think kids because they don't have enough information about the problem. You don't have to understand the exact diagnosis, but you can talk about dysregulated kids. You can talk about dysregulated behaviors. You can have them listen to the podcast. They need their own information because I'm telling you, they think their kid is doing this on purpose, not because they're not an awesome person. But when it comes to a dad, they're just not learning. They're not the Google MD that you are. So get them good information. Get them my book. Get them with a provider that's aligned with you and have their own conversations with them. Super, it's super, super important in this journey. When you have these highly dysregulated kids, you need a tag team partner. 80% of marriages with a child with special needs end in divorce. It's like 60% in the regular population, but it's a strain. And I recognize that. And I think the other thing 
is that is a big worry in this is how do you support the siblings when your kid is this dysregulated? So honest conversations without shame or blame go around all the time in the family. And having had a kid who was very dysregulated, these are honest conversations about, you know, in my case, a kid whose infections affected their brain. And saying like, you know, it affected his brain and this is what happens and we can see this and highlighting when things go well and talking in a way that's loving. And also to say like, how do you think about X, Y, and Z? Where are places you feel safe? I'm going to tell you that since I've been doing this for 30 years, the families that have loving communication with acceptance around this, the siblings not only do well... God, they're special human beings. They turn out to be like the most exceptional um, kids. We have to take a systems approach. When one person goes down in a family, the family goes down. And even if that kid, it's just a complete chaos around that child, we have to try to do as much as we can to stabilize the family. Are you a parent who's tried everything to help your child, but they still struggle with attention, mood, anxiety, or other clinical issues? Well, that's exactly why I'm inviting you to this free workshop titled Rewiring the Brain, What is Neurofeedback? And it's on May 16th. During this webinar, I'll be sharing my knowledge and experience with you, helping you to understand just how neurofeedback can help your child improve their attention, their mood, or whatever else is going on with them. You'll learn about how neurofeedback is a safe and natural way to calm and regulate their brain and how that can really make a difference, not just for your child, but for your family. Don't miss this opportunity to join me for this amazing neurofeedback webinar. You can register at www.drrosanne.com forward slash webinar. And here we're going to explore just how neurofeedback can be a game changer for your child and family. And again, that's www.drrosanne.com forward slash webinar. The question that I always get is, I need help and where can I find it? I don't have an easy answer for you. I know people come to me. I know people apply and you can go to www.drrosanne forward slash apply. We only take a very limited amount of people. Again, you know my deal. It's not the size of the problem. It's the attitude, right? I need the people who are like, I got the hope and the belief. I'm ready to get it done. I'm ready to deal with this. It's, it's about, we teach you how to work smarter, not harder, because it's already hard as it is. We didn't sign up for this. We were we thought it was going to be like sunshine and flowers and all that other stuff. Those people have four kids with no issues. What's going on? How did that happen, right? And you know, I like to joke because we have to make light. But you have to ask somebody, you know, you can use these groups as an opportunity But honestly, you are the help. You are the source of it. And you have the power to do it. You just need the step-by-step way. You start with one behavior. You be a detective. Diagnosis is great if it's going to get you something. If it's going to get you an IEP, it's going to get you a 504. It's going to get you a treatment specialist, right? So like Pans and Pandas is a great example of that. OCD is a great example of that. A proper ADHD is a great example of that. So if you're not getting the right specialist to help you with that, 
you're going down the wrong road, right? I recently had somebody with depression who went to a psychiatrist who said they had ADD. And I was like, where did this ADD come from? You know, (laughs) what are you doing? It's not the right thing. So we want to make sure we're getting the right help, but it all starts with understanding those behaviors. So get yourself a journal. You can use your iPhone, your note section in your iPhone is your friend and start just saying, these are the triggers that I saw. I saw when I asked him to eat, he flipped out on me. You can be more detailed. He told me that this, that, and the other thing, you know, he refused to come out of his bedroom when blah, 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 after the time change, start getting analytical. I promise you people come to me with a lot of stuff and I'm like a make sense out of everything person. Everything is connected. We've become specialist worlds where nobody wants to deal with one behavior. Each behavior can be really meaningful because there could be something in that when you align yourself. And, you know, you have a kid who's out of control. You need mental health help. Please don't not do that. Many of my PANS people are like, well, I'm not going to do the mental health because we're doing the medical. That is baloney and cheese, okay, is what that is. I don't want to hear coulda, woulda, shoulda. You want to get the behaviors under control. It's the behaviors that are ruling your life. You need a behavior specialist. Not to say that medical care isn't important. And I wish I could say my magic wand, there was one thing. You have to dig in and do that. The diagnosis can be really helpful if it aligns you with the right professional. But again, chart your behaviors, look at when they're happening. It also gives you something to measure because we often focus on the gap and not the gains. And so when we are moving forward with these very dysregulated kids, we have to look, measure the little gains because it's the little gains, right? The little behaviors that totally transform lives. I mean, transform lives. So I want you to always stay hopeful, stay strong, be the Google MD that you are, Dr. Roseanne approved. And um, just remember sending you a lot of love and light. You can get through this when you have a dysregulated kid. If you are new and you want to share this, please make sure help another mother out and, you know, share our group, uh, Natural Parenting Solutions, share our podcast. Be well, everybody. Parenting is so hard. There are many ups and downs. And when your kid has a layered diagnosis, when you've tried a lot of things and you don't know what's going on, you feel out of hope. And I just want you to know, no matter what is going on with your kid and family, it's going to be okay. You're going to put one foot in front of the other and you're going to believe and know that your child can get better. And it starts with you. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at.